Hello and welcome back to the Weekly Intention Podcast. I'm your host, Tams. Um, so to start off this week, obviously what I'm currently drinking, I'm filming recording this on a Friday night where all my friends are wildly out and about. Um, I'm having a light Pepsi. Nice glass of it, just to, you know, have some fun. I fancy it's a fat, fizzy drink. I've been drinking so much water recently, like really been on top of it, so... I treat myself with a Pepsi I fancied it. Um, and I'm currently reading How to Kill Your Family by Bella Mackey, and I'm really enjoying it. I didn't know what to expect from it. Um, like it was a new book when I bought it. Um, I didn't get the chance to read it just when I got it. So that's why I'm only reading it now, like it's only just been released when I bought it. And it looked good, like obviously the title's very catchy. Um I just I didn't have many expectations for it but any expectations I could have had it has definitely blown it out of the park I am only about 100 pages in 142 pages and it's good um if you know it's quite a big book so I'm only like a third of the way um so I'm, I've got really high hopes for how the rest of the, the book is gonna go I'm really enjoying it um I would like to say you know sorry that I've been MIA recently on this podcast uh you might be able to tell but the audio is very different. It's because I'm recording from a different laptop. My normal laptop, it was broken before. And then it just really broke. I've been using it for uni. And I've been trying not to use it too much for anything else. And so I got my new one. And now I've got my new laptop. And I just thought, I'd just use this now. I love it. It's just, you only got a new shiny toy. It's that. I love it. It's just, still getting used to it though. Um. So yeah, that's why I've been a bit MIA, like, that's just kind of taken over my whole life. I'm trying to start my laptop and it took forever to, like, find a good one and buy it. Um, so this week, I'm going to be talking about imposter syndrome. And it's something I kind of heard about on, like, StudyTube, like, you know, YouTubers, studiers, study influencers. And it was something that I didn't think was real when I first heard about it. And... I feel like the more I've gone for uni, the more I've kind of realised how truthful it is. I'm currently at the stage of my life now where I'm trying to find jobs and I'm looking at everything and I'm like, no, I can't do this. I can record, there's no way I could do that. And then doing my research into this, because I wasn't just going to be talking about like, talk about it in general. I thought I really want to know about it a bit more if I think I'm going to talk about. And I've realised that, like, I didn't know that there are five different types of imposter syndrome. That was so interesting to me, like finding out the different versions about how people's brains work and the different ways they perceive their own imposter syndrome. It was insane. But yeah, like I'm trying to look for a job at the moment and I just look at everything and I'm like, I I can't do this. I think for me, like the first time I was really confronted with imposter syndrome was at uni. Because, like, I was sitting in this room for people people who felt like they knew everything. I felt like I didn't know anything. I don't know how I was in a room with these people because they're clearly, like, so much more knowledgeable than I am. They're smarter. They just seemed to grasp all these concepts, and I was just felt so fine. And I was just kind of, like, baking it until I make it. But I knew in my head that there was no way I was as smart as all the rest of the people that around me. It's something that I just kind of had to like get over. Get over is not the right word because I don't get over it. I still feel it now. 
but I had to kind of realize that if I'm faking it then the others could be faking it too and I think for me like it was very hard like seeing everyone else and thinking they were all getting it amazingly and I just was so eyes behind I didn't like that um if you don't know what imposter syndrome is as well by the way I forgot to mention this I look I think it was just like this is the first thing that came up I thought was a very good way of understanding it it's a persistent doubt concerning one's ability or accomplishments accompanied by the fear of being exposed as a fraud despite evidence of one's annoying success um and studies have suggested that 70% of people experience imposter syndrome at some point in their career. I don't even think it's just career or life. Like, there's things in life where I just feel like, I'm a nanny, for example. I am looking after children for a long living, just like for my part-time job. And I just think, how the hell am I looking after these, these kids? Because there's no way that I should be responsible enough. Like, I have so many doubts in that I'm good enough to do it. I feel like I'm going to lose a child somewhere, poison them when I cook their food, even though, like, if I cook them, they're pretty much the same kind of meals because they're, like, you know, they're kids, they're, like, very similar foods. And, and one of them, for the older kids, is this chicken stir-fry. They love it. And the mum loves it, too, and the dad. I don't think, I don't know the dad. He's never around, but I could do it. Um, but, yeah, so, like, they all love it. I know this, but every time I cook it, I'm like, they're not going to like this. Oh my God, they're just going to think that this is terrible, like, and they're going to fire me. Like, they're just going to, they, like, they're going to find out and then I'm going to be fired because this is so terrible. And I think about that a lot about what I'm cooking and stuff. When I'm looking after the child, I just think, oh my God, I'm not looking after them well enough. Like, they're going to think that I'm neglecting them or doing something wrong and they're just going to fire me. And I just feel like I have the experience. I'm an older sister. I have two amazing little sisters they are now eight and five and my youngest sister is the same age as the youngest child I look after and I know what it's like to be around these around children age and um, the older ones are a bit older than my siblings but like, I get on with all of them and there's like I know full well that even if I was to mess up they would un- they wouldn't crucify me for it because they know I'm human but I always feel like I'm not good enough. And like, I doubt my own ability to be able to cook something that I've cooked for them about 20,000 times. I really got into that. That I not think it was going to go here. Um, I believe that I am, after kind of looking and reading through it, I believe I'm kind of more of the natural genius kind of imposter syndrome. I don't actually think I'm a genius, but like I believe in general at school when I was younger, I used to get everything correct all the time. I would always, always just kind of get it without really having to put in the effort. And so now, when, well, if they feel, I'm going to say like they, this is how it's to go, if they take a long time to master something, they feel shame. And that's true. If I don't get things straight away, I feel like I'm failing instantly. Because I always just got things naturally. Everything just was like, I got it. I understood it. It was easy. So now when I have to put in the work to understand what I'm doing, I just feel like I'm failing. And like with university, the whole way to study is completely different. And I've had to learn how best to study for myself. I've changed. How I study has changed every single year I've been at university. I've been here before. It's my fourth year. 
they change every way because I'm still learning what works for me and at the end of the year I start I realized worked on whatever I started however I started and I worked it out I start it again and it goes different it just keeps evolving to what works for me and so there are some questions to see if this also applies to you so are you used to excelling without much effort do you have a track record of getting straight A's or gold stars in everything you do were you told frequently as a child that you were the smart one in your friend or peer group do you dislike the idea of having a mentor because you can handle things on your own when you when you're faced with a setback did your confidence tumble because not performing well provokes a feeling of shame do you often avoid challenges because it's so uncomfortable to try something you're not great at? So the advice like this site that I read said was try to see yourself as a work in progress. Identify specific changeable behaviours that you can improve over time. Um, and I think I've tried started to do this, like try and work on things. There's like I always wanted to try cheerleading, and even though I knew nothing about it. I joined a all abilities team. I didn't think I could join a natural team, like a proper team that was like had a competition team. Our team doesn't. Um, we're just like all abilities, all inclusive. Everyone's allowed in. I saw that and I was like, Joe, what? I can't be the worst. I know that sounds really bad, but that's how I kind of had to tell myself to go there and try it out. And when I tried it out, it wasn't great, but it was so reassuring the way the people leading it at the time were that I was like, oh. I'm fine, I can do this. And slowly, as I've gone through cheer, as I think I might have mentioned, I am now a level two cheer coach. I'm cat a co-captain of my team. Like there's set and I think there's a point in my life where if I had listened to my fears that I couldn't do it, I wouldn't be this person. And cheer takes up so much of my life now that I don't I don't know who I would be. I don't know where I would be. There's so much I don't know what might would happen in my life. If I hadn't done that, um, yeah, it's like it's really insane to think how if I let myself, if I went to the taster session, if I let myself say, they all know that you're lying, that you're not good enough, and that you're a failure. If I'd let that noise, little voice in my head carry on, I would not have been able to be who I am now. Um, a different type of um, imposter syndrome is the perfectionist. So to see if it applies to you, have you ever been accused of being a micromanager? Do you have great difficulty delegating? Even when you're able to do so, do you feel frustrated and disappointed in results? When you miss the insanely high mark on something, do you accuse yourself of not being cut out for your job and rumble, rum, ruminate on it for days? I, I can't spell, I can't read. I literally wrote this and I still can't, like, I've summed all these, well, actually, I copied the questions, I wrote up. I still can't read it. Um, do you feel like your work must be 100% perfect 100% of the time? So a way to kind of help with this is by owning and separating achievements is, social, is essential if you want to avoid burnout, full contentment, and cultivate self-confidence. Like, find all the little small achievements, everything that you do, if you see, it, you should count all the wins, not just the big wins. You know, like, and if you learn to take your mistakes in stride and view them as a natural part of the process, then you'll be able to like kind of inc- like kind of work through your your imposter syndrome and push yourself to act before you're ready. There will never be a perfect time, and your work will never be a hundred flawless. The sooner you're able to set that, the better off you'll be. If you just kind of, for example, one of my favorite kind of things that I kind of say to myself is, if you don't ask, 
you don't get. And if you don't submit, you've not submitted anything. Do you know what I mean? It is, it, even if I try, and I try and take this with my uni work, sometimes I do look at it and I'm like, it's not perfect. It still needs so much work to be done. And I look, and I look at it and I'm like, well, I'd rather submit something that's not 100%, but it's 85%, let's say. And I'd rather submit that 85% than submit nothing and have 0%. I know that it's not always going to be 100% flawless because I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes and you too are human and you will make mistakes in your life and if you kind of just see that kind of like recognize that yes that happens but if you make a mistake learn from it improve on it and you know own everything don't just only celebrate the massive win which was completely insane that you would never would have gotten Uh, another type is the superwoman slash man. Once again, the questions are like, do you sit later at the office than the rest of your team? Even past the point that, you're, that you've completed the day's necessary work. Do you get stressed when you're not working and find downtime completely wasteful? Have you left your hobbies and passions fall by the wayside, sacrificed to work? Do you feel like you haven't truly earned your title despite numerous degrees and achievements? <laughs> I apologise. So you feel pressure to work harder and longer than those around you to prove your work. And I'm sorry if you do feel this way, because some of these I can kind of read and I kind of emphasise with I, this one, like, when I felt these felt down, I've always been able to go to my, my hobbies, like reading or cheer. And I'm so sorry that if you can't even do that, because you'll feel so consumed by your own anxiety and doubt, and I th- so I don't mean to like judge it's not judge way it's literally just me feeling empathy so for this it says no one should have more power to make you feel good about yourself than you I think that's just a really good lesson in life in general it also says to learn to take constructive cri- cri- constructive criticism seriously not personally use it don't feel like you're being attacked because if you can't take that criticism and build on yourself the what's the point like you're always going to stay at where you are I don't think I truly believe that if you don't get the criticism constructive constructive criticism it's not just going to like your, your shit obviously that's not going to help anyone if you say oh this part like if you can if you ever think that a part of this podcast is terrible and you don't just say like oh it's terrible because I, I don't know how to fix that if you go oh it's this part is bad because of well, this is part of that. Maybe try and change it with something else. Or just like you know, it's helpful. Like criticism is helpful. It's not harmful. It can be harmful to your psyche for a little bit, but as long as you try and understand that it's coming from a good place. Like whoever's saying that to you wants you to succeed. Um, and as you become more attuned to internal validation and able to nurture your inner confidence, um, that starts that states your. Com- competent and skilled then you'll be able to ease off the gas as you gauge how much work is reasonable like I mean you just kind of like look at your workload and see what actually need you actually need to be doing like be reasonable with yourself don't make yourself burn out because that's not um helpful in the long run um this is also another one that I actually kind of um identified a bit with was the soloist so the question for this one is, do you firmly feel that you need to accomplish things on your own? I don't need anyone's help 
Does that sound like you? Do you frame requests in terms of the requirements of the project rather than your needs as a person? So they kind of feel as though you're asking for help and reveals their phoniness. And it's okay to be independent, but not to the extent that you refuse assistance so that you can prove your worth. Realise that there is no shame in asking for help when you need it. I seriously do not know how to do this. I, I don't know how to ask for help sometimes. I've gotten better at it actually recently. Having gone through being overwhelmed at cheer last year, this year I've really put made it important to myself to ask for help when I need it and just delegate, not delegate. Like if I also know that I can't do something rather than try and take it on because I feel like I need to prove my worth and prove that I'm good enough, I realise like that doesn't help anyone because in the end I usually can't actually do it. And then I feel worse for myself and things also just not done. If I just asked for help, I could have learned more. Um, and the last one is the expert. They measure their competence based on what and how much they know or they can do. So these questions are the ones to see if it applies to you. Do you shy away from applying to job postings unless you meet every single educational requirement? Are you <coughs> Sorry, my words got stuck in the back of my throat then. Are you constantly seeking out training or certification because you think you need to improve your school schools schools improve your skills in order to succeed? Even if you're, you've been in your role for some time, can you relate to feeling like you don't know enough? And do you shudder when someone says you're an expert? So this says to start practice just in time learning. So acquiring a skill when you need it rather than hoarding knowledge for forced com- comfort. Um, so yeah, those are the uh, five different imposter syndrome archetypes kind of thing. I think it's very interesting to kind of like see it and kind of see what I, there's definitely parts of the other ones I also sometimes see I could relate to, but like especially, definitely the uh, natural genius, which I don't like the name of, I'm going to call it the natural, because I feel like, yes, for me that works, like I don't want to call myself a genius, I'm not a genius, but I was a natural at things, so yeah. And also parts like parts of the soloist, like I definitely can see myself in th- those kind of ones. And also kind of just taking a moment to also it's like the thing that you kind of like you, when you're a kid, you always was like you're like a, oh like the first step to a problem is like admitting you have a problem. Like I, I never say it as an adult, but I used to say it the kid a lot. I had like in shows and stuff. I think it really is true in this kind of sense. Like I can see why can't I read it like this and or hear it like this and see and like you know, just kind of see it? I'm able to see not how silly it is, but like sometimes how uh, not oh unreasonable is not the right word, but it's the best word I could think of at the moment. How unreasonable some of these beliefs that I have are. Like there is no way that like having a set facing a setback should make me feel shame because that's a part of the process you need to learn you need to grow and the only way you can grow is by failing I've as I said like I literally have my first episode is the progress and failure because I really do think now that failure is important I'm really trying to understand but if I do go wrong 
it's not the end of the world and it shouldn't feed into this feeling of being inadequate. But I think it's kind of, imposter syndrome is also kind of becoming a lot more prevalent in our society. We're starting to talk about it more, especially like I see a lot of study tubers talking about it. I think it's very interesting to see that, like, how, like, I only recently heard about it, like, from one person, actually, Eve Cornwell, um, I'll shout her out, she's on YouTube, of course she's a YouTuber, I said that, um, she mentioned it before, about, I think she said it when she was, like, in law school, and I think it really resonated with me, because I also, as I, <laughs> in case you don't know, I do law, um, <laughs> So you can't say you do law. You have to say, I do law like that, you know. And in case you can't see me, but I'm sweeping a tiny bit of hair behind my ear. As I say it, I'm looking down like I'm better than you. I don't think that. I'm just taking the piss. There are definitely some people who think they're better because they do law. My bitch, calm down. Um, This has really gone off track. Oh, I... Yeah, Eve Cornwell mentioned it, and I've only really heard about it from her. She has a podcast called The Wooden Spoon with Ruby Granger, Jack Edwards, and Jade something. And Jade, Jade, I'm trying to think. That's how you, those are their like YouTube channels, I think. Um, yeah, they all have a podcast. I think it's them. They have a podcast together, the four of them, called The Wooden Spoon. And I did do an episode on it, and I think it was quite interesting, but they talked about it um, kind of, like, just how their experience. And I feel like I still didn't know what... I don't know why I said it like that. I still didn't know what imposter syndrome really was. For me, I needed to find... I needed to do my own research into it to actually fully understand what it is and how it relates to me. Because hearing things like... YouTubers who have these big followings talk about their imposter syndrome. Obviously, I understand it and I'm going to empathize with them, but I can't see myself in that kind of boat. I thought maybe it was like a big celebrity thing. But no, it can affect anyone and, you know, it can affect you. And it affects like in just the smallest things. It doesn't have to be a massive deal. And so. My intention for next week is to have more confidence in my own abilities because at the moment I have been really doubting myself. I think it's because I'm in week nine of uni. Like I'm really far in, it's near the end of the term and I feel like I still know nothing. I still feel like the girl I was in week one who had no clue about anything. And I think it's just come getting to me as I'm trying to study for my exams, my essays are due in January <laughs> sorry this uh Pepsi I honestly I've got a problem with hiccups at the moment like not at the moment ever since I broke my ribs I've been hiccuping so much and it's like especially aggravated aggravated when I drink or eat anything that's not water so yeah it's really going on at the moment because I've had some Pepsi Ooh, a bit insane <laughs> but yeah as I'm coming up to my exams, when I'm writing my essays, I still feel like the clueless person who knows nothing. And at any moment, I'm just going to be told, you're out. We're kicking you out of the uni. You know nothing. And that's like a ma- I really fear that. Like, I really fear at some point, everyone's going to realise what, what a fake I am. I'm going to be kicked out. I'm going to have to pay loads of money back because, obviously, I've 
picking up loans. I won't have any way to pay it because I didn't even get a degree out of it. So now I'm spiralling. <laughs> if you like this, please like it, rate, re rate, review, subscribe if you can. I would really appreciate it. Or you can also go to my Instagram, which is Weekly Intentions Pod, and comment under the like little post about this episode what kind of archetype you are, which one resonates most with you, if any. And if none, go girl or guy. You can do it. I believe in you. How does it feel to be a part of the 30% that isn't affected by imposter syndrome? Thank you for listening. I, once again, really appreciate it. Um, and I hope you have a good week.